I'm here today with Becca Gallery. She's a California native who studied business and biology at CU Boulder, uh, worked at Quick Left and Origami Labs before branching out on her own. Uh, so what's going on, Becca? Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking the time to talk and stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about River and Lark. We'll talk about the block. Cool. Um, but a little background, I guess. Um, so Becca and I met when I was going to a Quick Left Hack Fest. Uh, couple of years ago. Um, my parents were in town and we went to dinner at the kitchen next door and of course my dad was being Mr. Social chatty guy and started talking to the waitress a little bit and she asked me what I was doing after dinner and I told her I was going over to Quick Left for a hack fest and she said you had to say I had to say hi to her roommate Becca over there. So I did and it was cool because I was intimidated to go over to Quick Left to a hack fest where it's really competitive um, a little scary, and Becca was so welcoming and friendly and nice. Um, I don't know, I'm not sure if she, do you remember that? Do you remember? I totally remember it, yeah. Okay. That was my last hack fest for Quick Left. All right, last hack fest for Quick Left before you went to SF? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we met in the first place. Uh, you didn't come out of college though and go straight to Quick Left, right? Or Actually, I did. Yeah, that's, um, that was kind of an accident in itself. But you had that job at the morgue. Right. That you told me about. <laughs> so I studied molecular biology in college, and I thought, um, I never wanted to be a doctor, but all my peers were becoming ones, so I thought that it would be a good idea to do an internship at a, um, it was a medical research facility, specifically cadavers is what I was doing. So yeah, I was prepping cadavers, and, um... After about six months of that, I just got really depressed. <laughs> so I wanted to find the exact opposite. Like, what's the furthest thing I can do from dead people? And that was computers. Um, electronics. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no, no feelings, no thoughts. There's just these electronics. Um, um, your dad told you to get a job at a startup? Yeah. He read a Fast Company article about Techstars. So I literally went to go to apply to be an intern at Techstars in September. I had no idea that Techstars was a summer program, nothing. And so the office was closed, so I was sitting in um, the Atlas coffee shop, like, perusing their website, and I saw this picture of Andrew Hyde, and all of a sudden this guy walks in the coffee shop, and the guy behind the bar is like, hey, Andrew, and I was like, oh my god, this is it, this is meant to happen, <laughs> so I was really nervous, and I walked right up to him and was like, hey, I was just gonna ask you for a job, uh, my name's Becca, and we ended up chatting for about an hour, and um, so he told me that if I didn't learn how to code... I wouldn't be of much use to this community. I still community. can't believe that. When you, I, that's amazing. I mean, I, I see his point, though. Uh, there's such a high demand for developers, and I, yeah. So you went to Quick Left and just started slinging code and became, <laughs> became the lead no, developer? Well, not, yeah, that's pretty much, no, not at all. No, I, um, I cried every day for nine months because I had no idea what was happening. They were amazing. I mean, they were so good. They would pair me with Colin and Ryan Cook and all these people who are these incredible developers and I have never I can use like word on a computer that's about the extent of my coding knowledge um so yeah so I was learning Ruby and some front end stuff Rylan Bowers who we both know he helped me a ton yeah we built we built a couple we built the I love boulder site um yeah I wouldn't say development has ever been my passion I knew that pretty quickly yeah but you were nimble enough to become the director of marketing yeah I mean it's a startup 
So let's be honest. Like, what does that really mean? That's a title. Did you guys just level at some point and say, "Look, like you know, this is where you'd be best," or how did that happen? Oh they, God, they no! Just... It was never like that. It was um, we Quick Left was growing pretty rapidly, so there were seven when I was hired, and then at that point we were up to maybe fifteen or sixteen people. We were moving into their gorgeous new office on Pearl. It's not even new anymore. Um, but yeah, and so I they were, oh, it was mostly that I was one of the few people that could really talk to humans and like, <laughs> right. like you said that so it was kind of my job it was always like okay we're going to a conference like let's take becca because she's really tall so people will notice her and then she doesn't <laughs> mind talking to strangers so i guess that's all you need to be a marketer these days um yeah no that's, that <laughs> no, sounds about right not at all there's a lot more to it than that but so that's kind of just how that happened it was like i really was slowing them down on the coding side and was a lot better um kind of spreading the word about what we were doing yeah, uh, it's an interesting story. Um, so your middle name's River, right? <laughs> it is River. My parents are definitely uh, hippie. Well, I think they're granola. Is, was that because you were born on a Native American reservation? Did you say something like that, or that has <laughs> nothing, was, nothing yeah. to do with that? No, I was. No, no. They, um, my dad's a doctor, mom's a nurse. So they spent two years. There's a program with the Indian Health Service that if you go, they'll for two years and work on any of the reservations, they'll pay off your medical bills. Um, so my parents did that. And I was born in Tuba City, Arizona. And so I guess that's, yeah. And then we lived in Yosemite National Park after that. Yeah, so you grew up, um, I don't know. That's just so cool. I mean, you grew up not not completely in Yosemite, but you, your dad was a doctor in the park, in right? In the park, yeah. And so you just, what, you and your brother would just run around in the forest all day? and That's exact. yeah. Playing the river, playing the rocks, climb a lot of trees. Really? Yeah, I'm a really good tree climber. <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows that. But... No, we should play disc golf then, because that's, I, I uh... Is that a skill? Yeah, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Okay, I'm uh, happy to do that. What do you, so I guess that's what you remember most, climbing trees, and just, is there anything that sticks out? A lot of time at the river. I think when you're a kid, you don't know that anything's special or not special, right? Um, you just assume that it's like this for everyone. Yeah. So then it wasn't really until even even moving here almost at the age of 18 that I really, like, got back to nature. And I feel really connected with it. Um, and I didn't realize until I lived in Merced, this town outside of Yosemite, for uh, 10 years, like, how much I missed being outside every day. You said it was pretty rough in Merced? Yeah, it's an interesting town. Um, a lot of diversity, huge migrant population. Uh, we're actually the number one Hmong relocation center. They um, are a, a group of people from Asia um, that after the Vietnam War and everything basically lost their homeland. Um, but yeah, so there's a ton of diversity and then not much education. Only about 30% of Merced's population has college degrees. So, a lot of gangs, a lot of poverty, um, yeah, it was, it was just different. Another one of those things that you don't realize how weird it is, um, until you move somewhere else, like Boulder, where, you know, there's not shootings, and, you know, you don't have to worry about driving your car at night, because there's gang initiation that week, or stuff like that. Yeah, we're out on Becca's deck right now, and it's just <laughs> unbelievable, uh, perfect spring day. So it's quite a bit different. Yeah, um, view of the Red Rocks. Yeah, come a long way or, or something. Uh, but this is a bit of a stretch, but do you think your experience in Merced sort of parallels? And, or, I don't know. Um, do you think it's related to what you're doing at the block in any way? Ooh. Like trying to res help the community and, and underprivileged kids a little bit? And Have you ever thought of that? Kind of, yeah. I think um, Merced was really great because it just opened my eyes to all these different perspectives about the world. Right. Um, 
Which isn't to say that those don't exist in Boulder, but I think they're hidden. And you see a lot less of them. Like, the trailer parks are literally, you have to, you have to find them. There's trouble. They're not obvious. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe we should explain what we're doing at the block. Let's talk about the block. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Yeah, so some friends and I are building a community center here in Boulder. Um, I guess a community space is probably more accurate. But they are all dedicated hip-hop heads. They've been dancing for a number of years. Um, my business partner and roommate and best friend Larkin runs his own dance company. What's up, Larkin? <laughs> Shout out to Larkin Poynton. Um, but same thing, Alex Molesky, he's a break dancer, and Isaac Lutz, also a break dancer. Um, anyhow, so they've developed this incredible community over the last five years, really. They started out just hanging out on Friday nights after dancing. Um, it started out with like four people sitting around a kitchen having dinner. And then they did that every single Friday night for four or five, five years now. And um, so now it's grown to this huge community that they have. They call themselves Worm Tank, their Worm Tank crew. And it's a sober, safe place to hang out every Friday night, and they do awesome stuff. They dance, they cook dinner, they have giant games of mafia, they go hike up the flat irons. Giant games of mafia? You should, it's, it's really intense, it's stressful actually, because they're all terrible, like they're really good liars. If you come in from the outside <laughs> and you're not a good liar, it's really hard. You probably wouldn't do well, but uh, we can try it. I don't, yeah, only if I really have to lie, can I, can I lie? <laughs> it has to be like serious. Well, this is pretty serious, they don't mess around. Um, but... But yeah, so they've developed, um, and through it, they've seen, they've watched these kids really grow. They've helped a lot of kids. I think dance is really special because it, it does bring all types of people. You don't have to be rich and white and privileged to do it. Um, you just need a pair of tennis shoes and not even that sometimes. You've got a few things going on. You have a Kickstarter where you just reached your uh, your $12,000 yes! milestone. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh is that going to be live for a little while longer? Definitely. 14 more days. What's it called? I mean, if you were Googling for if it. If you, you were just... Googling, yeah. I would um, I Kickstarter Community Center or Block 1750. Do you want to give a shout? I know you've had some generous donors along the way, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's been an incredible number of people that have supported us. Um, among them here in this community that you might know, Grant Blakeman has been a huge supporter. Um, Matt Gist, just everyone who's helped us spread the word has been huge, and so I, I know I'm going to forget a bunch of people. Oh, um, that's fine. I just wanted to give you a chance to thank those people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Party next Sunday? Yeah, grand opening party next Sunday. What's the date? Uh, what is it? Oh, we'll, Jesus, we'll, June 2nd? I guess Maybe it's June seven 1st? days from today, so I don't know if it's uh, the 2nd or 1st. Oh, that's a lot of math. But, um, so it's next Sunday. Sunday, June Grand opening party 1st. at the block. At the block. It's down near Best Buy. Ne yeah, 30th and Arapahoe, right 30th by the Arapaho. Best Buy where the old Brazilian jiu-jitsu place. Okay. But even before that, right. you should come to Murmuration. Okay, so let's talk about Murmuration. So Murmuration is, um, it is the TED of live performing arts. So we have, it's a show at Chautauqua, next Saturday. You, I was with Jeff Chow at Ozo the other day, and you gave us the most impeccable pitch for Murmuration. <laughs> we were both just stunned, and we're going to be there for sure, because yes. it sounds like it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. It so. really, it really will be. I mean, we have um, break dancers paired with a Native American drum circle. We have an entire drum line. We have ballerinas with a slam poet. We have... A barbershop quartet with a contemporary... It'll be this insane <laughs> mashup, um, this unity of musicians and dancers. At Chautauqua. At Chautauqua. So, May 31st, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $13. There's at, like, I have no idea what you could do for $13. It'll be more incredible than this. Sold. Uh, I'll be there, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with Jeff. Hopefully he's still up for it. <laughs> but um, Yes. 
So some other things, like I guess we hung out a year or so ago, a few times we went to Mountain Sun, we went to uh, Sherpa's, had a chance to like get to know each other a little bit, and I can relate to a lot of the things that you said you went through in high school. Um, <laughs> so I sweat too much. Yep. You said you used to just walk. Totally. Because I, 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 I was so nervous. Oh, gosh. I hate standing out. Yeah, I actually have hyperhidrosis. I sweat a, a lot. Yep. Um, you said you were just a nerd kind of, you know, I think you even said that you were afraid to use your locker, so you just carried your books all over the place? <laughs> well, I had, I found out, my locker would never open, and I found out midway through the years, because I was, the last number was one number off, so sometimes <laughs> it would open, and sometimes, it, and it was really stressful for me, because I hate being late, I hate it, and so, yeah, I would just carry the majority of my books around. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's just a funny, <laughs> I just, I don't so know, it resonates huge with me nerd. for some reason. Yeah, huge nerd, you can just picture, like, the giant backpack, and always, yep. yeah. Tomboy. Yep, and then I'm six feet tall, so it's. I feel like I'm always standing out, even though I really the only thing I want is to blend in. Well, um, I bet that's gotten a lot easier easier for you over the last couple of years, but um, definitely. So you, what makes you really unique in my mind is actually probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to you. Um, <laughs> you, you were telling me uh, you traveled to India, and I think you said because your dad's a doctor, you said not to worry about the vaccinations. <laughs> No, it was just so stupid. Uh, my two best friends in high school at that time were Indian. Um, they were American. They're from America, but their their parents were from India, um, and so they still had a ton of family there. And that's, I mean, they start bringing those kids over when they're one month old, you know. So they develop tolerances and immunities against things that, as a white person who's never been across sure. anywhere, you don't have. Um so yeah, so we went to India my the summer before my senior year of high school. Our goal was to make a documentary to talk about um, the differences between high school students in the United States and in India and just talk to them about how they felt about global warming and India as this rising global superpower. I had forgotten about the documentary. That was the reason you went over there. I thought yeah. it was just a vacation. Or like a no, no. They, um, the two boys I was with, they really wanted to get into Stanford and they felt like they needed to do something unique to do that. Yeah. Um, Did it work? Well, so I got really sick. I got right. typhoid fever. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm one in a million. Only 400 people in the United States come down with that every year. Right. Lost your gallbladder. Lost my Had to get hospitalized. Lost my gallbladder. But um, you came out of it with this crazy life philosophy that you told me. You said that... Uh, so, oh, I remember when we were at Sherpa's, I, I walked away from that evening thinking that I was just sort of a shallow... Uh, person, you know, <laughs> like all terrible, my, my, the things that you were, I don't know, the things that I was interested in were also uh, ego based, you know, like so worried that. about like how people remember you or like what kind of accomplishments you uh, are able to um, to gain over the course of your life and stuff. And you were kind of just saying, hey, I almost died. Um, who cares what everybody else thinks? Just enjoy every day, right? Like, and you meant it. That that's is that's you. It, you said it kind of changed the way that you looked at things and ended up kind of resonating with you for a while, right? Totally. And I think when I'm being rational, it's e I, I can still feel that and remember that. And I think that's just been reinforced a number of times through near-death experiences or people that you love, near-death experiences. Was it that bad? Were you really uh, was I, on the ropes? No, no. I mean, yes and no. Like, uh, 
the, I, probably the biggest change. I, I got a tick when I was a kid and I thought I was going to die, so I know how it is a little bit. No, I mean, I lost a lot of weight. I think I lost like 20 or 30 pounds, so I was pretty sick. I didn't, I looked terrible, and um, I think the, the closest thing that actually was a problem to me actually being really sick was my gallbladder almost ruptured, because my parents are doctors, so they don't believe that anything is actually that bad. It's just like, oh, just take ibuprofen, you'll be fine. Yep. So it was a while before we figured out it was typhoid fever, and then it was a while before we figured out, like, the pain was actually real pain, and it was because... My gallbladder's about to explode, and not just because my liver enzymes were elevated. But, anyway, um, <laughs> all side story. Uh, I still love them. They feel terrible about that, so... No, it's funny. Um, uh, it, 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 it ended up... I'm telling you, like, from my point of view, that, that uh, it really made me look at things a little bit differently, so it's it's cool. In the end, it ended up having a good impact on you. That's, that's totally how I feel, yeah. It just... Uh, yeah, it made me appreciate the things that mattered and a lot that didn't, which especially in high school, that's such a key time, for, you know, because yeah. you're trying to figure out who you are and, and drink and hit, blend, you know, be cool. So it was really good to have that and just be like, oh, no, actually just living is good. Yep, I agree. Uh, <laughs> um, so you are the founder of a business. Yes, trying. River and Lark. Yeah, River and Lark. Uh I don't know if, if I'm sure some people out there are familiar with River and Lark. Uh, if you, I don't know if you have an elevator pitch or how you would explain it to a friend or whatever. But it, uh. yeah, we try and help companies tell their stories. Um, we really believe in the power of storytelling, and so we try and help people do that. Um, whether it's through primarily through video production is kind of what we're focusing on, and then a little bit of web development in this town. You know, that's almost nothing. Really basic stuff like WordPress, Squarespace. We're not doing anything crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's what Larkin, my partner, has been doing video stuff for about five years. Um, so he's pretty talented. Plus he's a dancer, so he has this unique take on things in terms of, he can see in his head, like, how things should look. Um, I think from all the years spent choreographing and doing all that. But also, he's got this musicality piece to the stuff that he produces that I think a lot of people, when you think about a video, you're like, man, okay, we're going to get some sweet shots, and then a cool song, we'll put that on top, and we'll be good to go. And uh, I think Larkin is really, really incredible at, um, you know, putting scene changes right when the beat drops and, like, really, you know, it's not something that you maybe notice explicitly, but it's there. Um, so, yeah, and then I think because I did work in marketing, because I'm very interested in, in trying to think about how customers are perceiving something or who are your customers, that's what we try and focus on a lot. So, like, what, what should your videos say to them? Because just what you think is cool isn't necessarily what your customers think is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So we try and help people with that. Uh, we've talked a little bit about being a woman in tech. Mm-hmm. And there are some amazing women co-founders founders in Boulder. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I wonder uh, who comes to the top of your mind. I noticed that Ingrid followed uh, Boulder people on Twitter. Woo! And I just about <laughs> lost it. Did you die? Yeah, I, yeah. No, Ingrid. I mean, Ingrid is obviously the first person that comes to mind because she is who trained me and helped me and had a lot of, I think, hard conversations that at the time were painful for me. But, you know, like I remember her telling me once that you you have to care about your people, but you also have to keep an eye on the business. I think because when I was at Quick Left, I was so worried about trying to like keep everyone happy and like oh my god the team's upset about this and they're upset we need to fix all these things and she was like listen like if you're gonna be serious about being a CEO one day or anything like that you need to really keep your eye on the business and definitely keep your people happy but don't get caught up in the drama or you're just gonna become HR. Wow uh is there 
anybody else that comes to mind around here that you can think of? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so many incredible women in this community. Uh, I think about Tara Callaman. I worked with her. Um, she's at Victor Ops these days. I think about Sarah Jane. Uh, she was at... She's, she's having a baby. So she's, yeah. Um, Elaine Ellis. There's just, like, a lot of really strong women, I think, that I've learned a lot from, even from afar. Um, just how they hold themselves, how they behave. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm sure there are a ton others that I'm missing. Some of the challenges that you've encountered, I remember you said something along the lines of, um, you know, you would go to tech conferences, and you'd walk away feeling, like, disappointed, in a way. Just, I don't know, um, does that... Do you remember talking about that? Yeah, no, for sure. But I think I I don't want to say because the men. I think that was probably more my mindset of like, you know, young twenties. You kind of want to meet people. You're here for your job, but you're also here kind of looking for like a partner and stuff. And so I would try. I would go and talk to all these people, and then yeah, I would be disappointed that they weren't more interesting or more. Um, but I think that's just me. I don't think that's... It wasn't because they were, like, assholes or... Are we allowed to say? Oh, God. Yeah, you just did. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to It wasn't because they so. were jerks. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't because they were jerks or there's, like, very few instances of people being creepy or weird. I mean, but that's everything. It doesn't matter. I mean, when I worked at the cadaver place, doctors, you get a couple gross doctors that are, you know, womanizers or... So it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I've experienced it. A little bit, yeah. but probably not to the extent that you guys have, or you have. Yeah. I, I, it's just a little uh, more amplified, I think. Well, there, yeah, and there's some incredible stuff right now. I mean, Jessica Dillon, um, she was at another ex-quick lefter that's now out in the Bay Area where for Bugs Tag. She just wrote, kind of wrote this manifesto with a couple other women that's making its rounds on the web. Mm -hmm. um, that was interesting. I read that, and I think I agreed with a lot of points, but they're all programmers. Um, right. And so it just talks about that, you know. And I know Ingrid just gave a talk on deconstructing women in technology. So, yeah, all good resources. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to talk about? There's so many things like that I would, I could talk to you forever uh, about traveling, mm -hmm. or about uh, just camping, um, or mountain biking, or <laughs> whatever. Any uh, of the fun things that we can do here? Yeah, I mean, you lived in. Uh, Norway for eight months? No, no, travel, uh, just travel. For, I wish, God, yeah. But you were a backpacker for a long time. Uh, in Iceland, yeah, when I quit, so actually that, I quit my job in the Bay Area. I think we should talk about that. Because okay. I think um, there's this view that Boulder is less than. I like this. I was talking to, <laughs> I had, uh, I hung out with Nico the other day, and, and he was saying that developers in the Bay Area are just generally so much better than developers around here and I, I don't want to if that's not exactly how he said it I apologize but something along those lines and um so you don't think the bay is all it's cracked up to be huh oh my god uh I mean I think I get it now that I'm a little older but it is the lifestyle I think what Boulder has is that people get what's important to, in life which at least for me is not making scads of money or um, scads. Oof, scads, that's yeah. A word. <laughs> Thanks. It's not that, and it's not being prestigious or like you know getting featured in TechCrunch or bought by Google or whatever it is. Um, we kind of talked about this, but it's it's being outside, it's being with your friends, it's being with your family. Yep. And so I think Boulder has that balance and allows for that balance where you have all these incredibly smart people building this amazing stuff. Um, and especially, I think we're getting more validation for that. You know, Gnip was just bought by Twitter. Yeah. I think people are starting to recognize that it isn't just like, oh, they never work, they just ride their bikes. Because, 
uh, yeah, at the end of the day, God, in the Bay Area, that's, that's, and that's not to say everyone. There's a lot of incredible people out there doing incredible stuff. But right. for me, I, the biggest, you know, you, yeah, the culture, you ride the Caltrain and everyone's on their iPhones, you know, connecting, like tweeting and Facebooking, and, but they're not talking to each other at all. No one ever looks up. And everyone's stressed. You're all working 12 hours a day. And then after that, you go to the bar to try and meet someone, but all everyone can do is talk about work. And it was just really, and anytime you wanted to go and like get away and like ride a mountain bike or something, you'd have to sit in traffic for a couple hours to get to where you needed to go. So it was like, for me, it was this almost slow death. Like, I just, that's really dramatic. Um, no, it sounds terrible. It sounds like New York. I've never lived in, the, in San Francisco, but uh, I have lived in New York and it sounds similar. See, and I, but there's people who love it. I mean, you can, uh, the flip side is there's all this cultural stuff. You do meet incredible people everywhere you go. There's someone really interesting. Yep. But I think that's true here, too. So So you were like, I'm going to go backpacking and get, get away from this. I, well, I realized I was really unhappy in my job. I didn't believe in what we were building anymore. I thought I did when I moved there. Um, and, yeah, I was just naive. I wanted to, I felt stuck in Boulder. I don't think, is that naive? I don't think that's naive. You don't think so? No. Well, I, yeah, I guess I wanted to go see what it was like. You know, you hear all the texting and the texting, you know, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, you mean before you went there? I thought you meant yeah. leaving there to no, go. No, <laughs> no, like, no, that sounds no, very that wise. Point. <laughs> <laughs> no, so to leave, so I wanted to go do it, and, and then once I was there, I realized, like, wow, I'm really unhappy in my job. I don't really like the living thing, so, and I was actually living a little south of the city. I was living in Palo Alto, um, which, if, if you're going to live anywhere, it's I actually think, pretty nice there. Ooh, I, don't, I don't like Silicon Valley, but go Yeah, ahead. I mean, it's a little, well, I was living about a mile away from Stanford, so for me, being outside is important, so I go run around the Redwoods, yep. uh, ride my bike to the pool, and go swim. So that part was nice. Um, but so I was either going to move into the city and try and work there, or, um, I don't know, and one of the things that Colin Scoffsman said to me that he really regretted not doing when he was younger was traveling. So then, once I decided I was going to quit my job, it was like, well, shit, I'm making... There we go again. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> it's cool. But yeah, I was making an insane amount of money for a 23-year-old, so I had a fair chunk of change saved up, so it was like, well, I'll just quit and go travel for a few months, and then um, I was trying to figure out where to live, and a, and a friend asked me, you know, he said, you were really happy in Boulder, why don't you come back? And that had never occurred to me. Because I thought I was going to be gone for five years, I was going to make a lot of money, I was going to come back, buy a really nice house somewhere up here, um, you know, meet someone, fall in love, get married, come back, and then, like, live this good life. Uh, and it seemed harder to, to build that here, because we don't get paid as much here as you do in the Bay Area. Um, you know, it seemed harder to just do that organically. But then once he said that, I was like, oh, God, you're so right. Like, I, why think, would I, I don't know? know, I think our lives are perfect right now. The, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah, that's, and that's what I realized was like that's not for me that was not the path that that wouldn't have made me happy making a ton of money and doing that so i'm with you i came back well i don't know i think that's a nice positive note unless there's anything else you want to talk about that's all i got that's all there is all right uh thank you becca thank you uh, thank you guys uh i'll be working out of the the hub over the next couple of months so i guess that's our sponsor for the podcast and so shout out to the hub and looking forward to having a few more of these over the next couple of months Thank you, guys.